Before we start this episode of Real Rap, respect due to the new listener. Respect. Respect due to the veterans of Real Rap. Respect. And respect to the whack dudes, because see, y'all need to share this with them. With them. Expanding minds, because see, y'all already on like a higher level of existence. Of course. So look. You can get Real Rap, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Subscribe. For all you RSS people out there, boom. DanStatus.Podbean.com. Follow on Twitter. Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Facebook. Okay, I shouldn't have to say this stuff, but you know, I got to remind you people to do this. Of course. Now let's start the show. You know, you can record an album and drop it tomorrow, and that's fine. At the end of the day, nobody's going to hear it. Your homies might hear it. Maybe they're going to share it with their homies. But that's about everyone who's going to hear that. And then what good does that do for this music you just recorded? Nothing. The secrets of the rap game exposed. This is Real Rap. We have Vanya on deck, ladies and gentlemen, of IStillLover.de. That's her business. What is her business? Music promotion. Why is she on this show? To tell you how to promote your music. Point blank, period. Y'all just throw albums out and expect someone to listen to it. Now nah, you gotta promote. Also, too, we talk about the difference between German hip-hop and the U.S. variant. So, shut up and sit down. Now let's listen to this one. Nothing ever in my life called me as loudly as hip-hop did and as endearing and tempting. And um, I just couldn't resist. There was no way to not pick up that call. <laughs> so who was your... um? Who was the first artist that you heard that made you really fall in love with this? Um, hmm. That's a little bit difficult. They were, um, when I was growing up, I think probably around the age of like between six to nine, um, I would listen to the radio a lot, like on my parents' stereo, and I would record music of the radio, whatever I liked. Later on, uh, I found one of those mixtapes and I came to find out that even at that time when I was a little girl, um, I recorded a lot of like hip hop music off the radio, but when there wasn't even a lot of hip hop on, on German radio at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, there wasn't one artist or one song where I would say that right there did it for me. It was just over time, I just started appreciating it more and more. But um, the first album that I remember hearing was this German rap group. Um, They go by Die Fantastischen Vier, which in English means the Fantastic Four. Mm. And um, my brother had, my older brother had their album on cassette tape. And I used to always steal music from my brother. (laughs) So um, I smashed that album. And I listened to it like so many times until I knew all the lyrics to all the songs. And um, I would rap along like, and I was around nine at that time. And there were some very inappropriate songs on there. (laughs) 
but I had no idea. Like I didn't know what it meant. So, um, yeah, but that's, uh, that's the most vivid memory I have from really, you know, listening to rap. Yeah. You know what? Um, my sisters used to steal my, uh, CDs. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I, I would have to go into their room to go, you know, retrieve it. You know, so I understand about, you know, younger <laughs> sisters stealing music. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate him for that, though. He didn't like it, but I appreciate him. Uh, so, European hip-hop, particularly German hip-hop, what is the difference between that and the American variety? <clears throat> Are we... Are we talking about music-wise or culture? Music, cult, the, the whole gambit. What is the difference? Because, um, you know, in America, we really don't understand the depths and in, in the, in the heritage of European hip-hop. Well, um, this is funny because I was just two days ago, I was sitting here with a friend who's also from the States, and... I kind of gave him a little lesson on German rap and the origins. Yeah. Um, basically, how how hip hop came over here was through the GIs, the American GIs that were stationed over here um, in the eighties. Um, you know, they would bring the hip hop records over here, and I guess share them with their German friends. And at the time, obviously, there was no internet. So there was no fast way of spreading that music. So it was just basically word of mouth, people lending each other records. And that's just, it just kind of started spreading throughout the country. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how it worked in other European countries at the time, but I'm guessing it was something similar to that. And then at that time, it would just be, um, you know, somebody would throw a hip hop, hip hop jam in one city and you know spread the word and then people from all over germany would travel would like hop on a train and travel to that hip-hop jam mm -hmm. and um then there were a few you know people started rapping a few crews um people started picking up you know breakdance graffiti everything like the whole culture really was embraced um by the youth over here in the 80s, and that's that's kind of how it started. Oh, so good old American imperialism. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that they got right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I won't speak on that, but... <laughs> oh, we can talk about anything on this show. Because, you, know, you know, everything, you know, relates to hip-hop in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just know I live in a country that likes to build empires. Um, that's true, even though they are not very good at it, but <laughs> uh they're not. I, you, you know what? I'll say this. It, on the surface it seems like they're not, but I do know this, they do make a lot of money from it, so Oh yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You know, no. I mean, you know, they're kind of they, they do well for themselves. Mhm. Mm that's what that is. Oh, very well. Because, you know, like right now, um, you know, our Congress wants to go to war with Iran for some strange reason. And, 
you know, uh, those guys down in Washington, D.C., I really wonder about them sometimes. You know, they're, they're, they're on this path of destruction, but, you know, that, that's, that's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm not a political expert, uh-huh. so I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. So. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about hip-hop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's how it started. So, um... So, so, so what? What is the vibe like? In, in you're from Berlin, correct? Um, I'm not originally from Berlin. Um, I'm from a small city called Heidelberg, which is like in the southwest of Germany, um, which also was very heavily involved in the beginnings of German rap. Um, but yeah, I moved out here to Berlin about two years ago. Okay. So, what is the the vibe and scene like in Berlin? Well, Berlin is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a great scene. There's also a lot of other music present here. Like Berlin has a big electronic music scene. But as far as hip hop goes, um, there's always been a very strong representation of Berlin on, in the in the German hip hop market. And it's just a lot going on here, a lot. Like, there's hip-hop events, like, I would say four days a week. Um, And there's a very big scene, a lot of rappers here, producers, um, a lot of graffiti. Like, the the graffiti in the street art here is so dope. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I have no complaints. (laughs) Um, is there a, um, how could I phrase this? It, okay, clicks. Because, like, um, the one thing, like, here in America is this. Um, like, every city has, like, their clicks. And it's very, we're, believe it or not, you'll be surprised how segregated in, in cities hip-hop really is. Like, Pittsburgh, uh, you know, we have our own, like, little coalition if you want to call them that you Mm -hmm. know um north carolina the same thing you know and it's like they're not open to truly the culture they're really open to like a a specific sound and if you don't fit into that sound then they don't really appreciate what you're doing is is something similar like that in berlin or is it just you know everyone embraces hip-hop in all its complexions um, I mean, I think it's very natural for humans to click up, you know, mm-hmm. same way that just happens in, in their circle of friends. So, yeah, that, that happens in the hip-hop scene here, too, but I think it's not as extreme as it is in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, in Germany, like, yeah, every city kind of has their camps um, that represent that city and uh where most of the you know the the rappers from the city come out of so every city definitely has camps but um as far as within berlin i don't think there's so much of a rivalry going on i think naturally not everybody works with everyone um but yeah it it feels pretty pretty peaceful (laughs) Now, now, how are the um, DJs uh, 
there. Do they play local music? Um, or uh, well, I'll say this: Do they play underground artists, or only, or are they only playing like what's hot right now in Germany? It all depends on where you go. Like there are definitely some clubs or events where you will hear, um, you know, that top forty type rap. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't go to those places. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> but um, there are a lot of um, a lot of clubs and events with with artists that uh, with DJs that play all kinds of artists. Then there are always a lot of like '90s era parties, mm-hmm. which I'm personally kind of tired of. But <laughs> now, no, why are you tired? I mean, you know, that's the golden era right there. I mean, I love that music. Don't get me wrong, but the 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 truth is that, um, you know, that's just one era, and so there are only so many songs you can choose from. So at every '90s golden era party I go to, it's basically the same set list. So that just gets boring. Like if I go to a party, I already know what songs I'm gonna hear. It's just not fun. So I I go to one of those maybe once a year, and then I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like here you'll get um, you know the good old throwback parties every once, but they're like every once in a while. Yeah, you know. So you know, for me when I go there, you know, and listen to the '90s again, you know, I do feel energized. You know, because mm-hmm. you you really believe it or not, you really don't get that you know i mean um like one of the things here like uh that they'll play like when they go in the 90s uh you know it's always biggie uh, yeah tupac <laughs> yeah a couple of it's not even a whole collection of him it's a couple of songs and pretty much what the dj liked in yeah. the 90s okay you know and uh, i mean sometimes you know you, you give the dj that look like you're playing this wax song, you know, and then these DJs don't take requests, you know, they they don't like to be bothered with when they're on the wheels of steel or uh, uh what's it, Serato. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but that's the same over here, though. But I think I can understand that too. If I was a DJ, I wouldn't want to be bothered either by some drunk people coming up to me, you know, asking me to play songs. I would be like, I know what I'm doing. Leave me the fuck alone. Like, you know what? You know what? You, you know what? I'm going to tell you this, right? A lot of DJs don't, okay? Because I've rolled up, you know, now, now I'm going to be arrogant right now. Now, when I ask a DJ to play a song, okay, he better play it. He or she better play it. Okay? Because I know, you know what I'm saying, what should be thrown in the mix. So, you know, I've... Sh- right requests is what you're saying? Huh? You make the right requests. Oh, oh yeah, all the time. Awesome. <laughs> you know, because uh, like my one friend, you know, I went up there. I was like, hey, you got uh, this. You got this. He was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, what do you got? He said, like, well, I got this. I was like, oh, that'll work. <laughs> but I only do that to DJs I like personally know. I well, just, that's okay then. That's okay. You know, half the time I just be, I just be messing with him. Like, look, I know you ain't got it, but. Yeah, you got this? You got that ground floor? Like, oh, I didn't bring that one this week. I was like, okay. 
Oh man. Yeah, because you know, um, like yeah, like the DJ culture here is. Uh, well, I'll say this. Outside of Atlanta, it's uh, every DJ for themselves. But within Atlanta, is a totally different ball game. Um, like one of the places that you know, I can say this, even though I'm not a big fan of uh, Atlanta's music. But the one thing they are unified. Mm-hmm. And um, it, and here's the funny thing: like that unification hasn't spread throughout the country. It's kind of like a Atlanta-ish thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so because um, a friend of mine talked to him the other day and he was talking about um, how they really uh, how the DJs and the artists work together um, to keep, you know, Atlanta unified. Why? When you go to yeah. like, other places, there's the DJs like if you don't know him or because they say they don't do this. But this is a lie, though, from them. You know, you got to lay down some money. You know, they mm-hmm. s- they swear they don't do it. Yeah, that's bullshit right there. You know, I know better. I've seen it. We all know better, yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, so Germany, Berlin has like this rich, rich culture. So now I'm going to ask you this question. about. Well, let me ask you this. Why did you start your business? Um, Why did I start my business? Um, because I didn't want to do anything else. <laughs> No, I just, um, you know, growing up as a teenager and, you know, with hip hop and and being in love with it so much and so deeply, I just always knew that I didn't want to spend my time doing anything else but work in this industry. Um, I didn't have a concept of what I would be doing. At some point, like, I tried a lot in hip-hop. Like, I rapped, I did graffiti, I did radio, I did journalism. Like, I did a whole lot of shit. I kind of, I think I've kind of tried everything there is to do in (laughs) hip-hop. But at some point, I realized that my place in hip-hop was um, in the background, behind the scenes. Mm Mm-hmm. And I knew that I had something uh, good to contribute to the culture. And um, and without having the concept of um, my business, I just at some point decided I was going to quit the, j- the day job and I was just going to go for it and figure it out from there. And... Um, Yeah, and then at some point, the universe just let me know what my business was going to be, and I took it from there. So, all right, so you've done all five elements of hip-hop. Well, um, let's say this. I I wasn't bad at rap, Uh and I wasn't bad at graffiti. Those two I have pretty much down. Okay, that's two. (laughs) Um... The uh, break dance, I sucked at it. But you but did I it. But you it. did it, right? I tried it. Yeah, I just okay. I couldn't I couldn't do any power moves. Like I was too weak. My arms are too weak. But you it did was- it though. So okay, three. I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then DJing, like I've tried, I've uh-huh. tried. But the thing is, like I really wanted to be a DJ when I was a teenager, but I didn't have the money for turntables. 
or all the records. So I was just like, okay, that's not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I gave up on that, but I did try. Like, uh, you know. We're at four. Uh, well, and, um, I think I have the knowledge down. Yeah, that's you. Ding, ding, ding. All five. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike some people who can't barely do the first one rapping. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I obviously wasn't the greatest rapper because I gave up. So, you know, but I was okay. I was all right. Hey, 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 you've done all five, which... Led you to this point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, starting a business from scratch, what yeah. is what is that like? And because you said you quit the, you know, saying the stable nine to five, to, yeah, to venture out on your own. So, so what is it like to create a business from nothing by yourself? Yes, by myself. Um, I wouldn't say it was from nothing because the the thing was at that point, and this was about seven years ago when I started my business. But at that point, I had already done a lot of work in the industry just without getting paid for it. Like for years before that, I had been putting out mixtapes and um, and blogging and interviewing artists and... Um, uh, what else? <laughs> Writing and, um, you know, all of these things. So I had already, I think the most important thing that I needed to start a business, I had already accumulated, which was contacts. And um, I had already made a name for myself. Like a lot of people already knew of me. Um, I already had a reputation. And... Um, I had the knowledge, like I knew, I kind of knew how the business worked. Um, so I didn't go in empty handed, but it was, of course, it, it was a little nerve wracking because it was, I, I just put every, all my eggs into that one basket. <laughs> but at that point, it was really, to me, the thought process was, if I don't try it now, I'm never going to do it, so I just got to take that leap. Um, and if it doesn't work, then fuck it. Then I just, you know, go back to 9 to 5. So what? So um, so my day job, like, my, my contract ran out at the end of the year. And um, so right before Christmas was, like, my last day at the office. And then on January 1st, was when I launched my website, my blog. And so I I did the blog and I was like, okay, I have no idea how I'm going to make money because obviously this is not going to make me any money sitting here blogging. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And at that time I was managing a group from Detroit and um, I would send their music out to all of these contacts that I had from over the years. And um, and that worked pretty well for them to get their name out there, to get their music out. And who is the group? Um, at that time, that was a group called Black Rain and O'Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very talented guys. Super talented producer, O'Kane. 
Um, unfortunately, at some point, he decided he didn't want to make music anymore. So that was that. Um, but yeah, so while I was doing that for them, at some point, I just thought, hey, like if I'm doing this for 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 these guys, I could do this for other artists without the management aspect, and I could I can offer this as a service to other artists, and that's how it started. And it was hard for a while because, of course, it took a long time to get a solid client base and to have money coming in. Uh, thankfully, you know, this is like a little hard to admit, but thankfully at that time I was living at my parents' house. I'm very grateful that they put up with that <laughs> because otherwise I don't think I could have done it. Um, but yeah, it, it was very hard to get it off the ground, but at some point it just started working. And I think the most important thing was just to, to have faith in that and to just know that you can do it and just believe that it's going to work out. And it did. That's good. Yeah. Cause, uh, I'm, I'm going to interject a story real quick about you. Sure. <laughs> okay. The way I found out about you, I got a email about um from doodlebug from diggable planets okay (laughs) okay and i got in my email uh, okay now i'm gonna tell the actual story okay so part Mm -hmm. of my french i'm like who the fuck is this (laughs) who got my email address (laughs) so i read it i still love her.de blah 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 i'm like who is this person sending me stuff I'm like doodle book. All right, let me check this song out. I, like, I feel right. so sorry right now that I made you so upset because you sound very upset. Wait a minute. No, well, see, also too, this is a, this is a show, so I have to like embellish. Okay, so just play along, play along. Okay. Uh-huh. So I mean, I mean, was I mad? Yeah, because see, you know, because see, I was getting like a whole lot of spam, so you know, I'm like, yeah. so I'm like, yeah, this song's alright. Then I, you know, so so then I start reading the stuff. I still love her.de. You know, so I'm like, all right, let me click. I'm like, how'd she get my number? I mean, my email address. <laughs> hmm. I'm mad. I'm mad. Grr. Then I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wow, she actually has a service here. Hmm. Yeah, I need to get my stuff out there, yo. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, you know, I, you know, I looked for a week, and I was like, oh, I don't know, but I'm like, wait a minute, she got to me, so I'm like, uh, 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 let me try this, click, and I'm gonna say this, working with you has been the best thing ever for me, hands down. Wow, thank you. No, you, you don't understand, <laughs> no. I told a little story, but now I'm officially going to thank you, um, uh, you know, for your service. And also, too, the one thing I really like about, you know, working with you is this. Your professionalism. You know, um, you're you're very professional and, uh, you know, it, it really works. So, you know, this is like kind of like the paid advertisement part of real rap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I paid a lot of money to be on the show, so I want to get my my money's worth. <laughs> Damn right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm gonna lay the butter on real thick. 
<laughs> you know, because like um, during that time, um, you know, even I was scratching my head on like how to get my music out out there. You know, because I've like the only thing I've never done is spam. I've never spammed nobody because mm-hmm. you know I always you know if I found it distasteful. I wouldn't want to do it, you know, anybody else because, you know, I try to rely on the Facebook friends and, you know, the MySpace friends and and that failed miserably. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you know, so here you come with your service and it, and it works. You know, so it's, you know, because, uh, I, you know, the funny thing is I try to get my friends, okay, and, and they've seen the night and day change <laughs> with me. They've seen it. You know, I've sent them, you know, your price list and everything. Your price list is um, very affordable. It works. I tried to nudge them and they're like, oh, I don't know, dog. <laughs> I'm like, stop being cheap. I don't know. I'm like, do you want to get your music out? So like for, um, you know, when I did the, um, well, my man Python, you know, I just told him like, yo, this works. He was like, he was with it. You know, but everybody else, I'm still working on them. So, you know, you know, if you get like a bunch of dudes from the States just showing up and we all Facebook friends, you know, where they, you know, where they're coming from. All right. All right. You know. <laughs> now back to the interview. That was the commercial. <laughs> all right. So start. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, and I understand, you know, you're, you're an entrepreneur, so I know you can only say so many things, you know, for, pro- uh, proprietary reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, as you were starting your journey with your business, what was some of the bad things that went on? Um, as far as dealing with people questioning, oh. why the hell are you doing this? <laughs> Um, okay, well, the reason why, despite, you know, having uncomfortable run-ins with people sometimes, um, the reason why I love doing this so much and basically the, um, the thought that every, all of this, all my work is based on is one, to give back to hip-hop because hip-hop has given me more than I could have ever asked for in my life. And on the other hand, I always felt like it was my mission to, um, to, to have a platform for underground artists or indie artists who don't have the financial backing that some other artists do. Um, I just always wanted to provide a platform for for very talented people who just may not have the support or the money to get their names out there. And um, that's what I did with with in MySpace days when I did mixtapes. And that's what I did with my blog and still to this day do. And that's also what I do with my promotion agency. Now, obviously, I can't offer my services for free because, you know, I have bills to pay. I have rent to pay. (laughs) Um, But I've always made it a priority to keep my prices affordable because I want, you know, artists such as yourself who I believe in 
um, to be able to afford it. You know, it's that easy. And nothing is going to turn me away from that. You know, like, yeah, sometimes, you know, some people I deal with are not so cool. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) For proprietary reasons, I understand. Uh (laughs) But, you know, on the other hand, I get to meet so many amazing people and also so many people such as yourself who show their gratitude and that, in turn, it just makes me very happy to see that I'm able to help some people with their music and their dreams. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I, I could just uh, go on for hours about um <laughs> Seriously, um, how, how you really help. Because, you know, I've noticed, um, you know, when I first jumped on the net, you know, just trying to, you know, do me... Then hooking up with you and just, you know, um, the people that gravitate to my music now, uh, who's actually gravitated to real rap, you know, um, you know, I, you know, and and I am the type of person that will thank a person to death. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I mean, I will thank you, you know, because, um, you know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the type of person like I do believe in giving credit where credit is due. So like yeah. um you know like whenever you drop like um like your last video that you did on Facebook I shared it on my um fan page. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you know. So like little things like that, you know, I try to do um you know cuz you know as I said before, you know um your prices are very affordable but I I you know and I've said this in other episodes of Real Rap and maybe you, you can elaborate on this. Why is it artists do not want to put money into their product and and you're not coming with exorbitant prices because i could quote prices from like other um yeah agencies um even from youtube and twitter because i've tried like you know those promotions and um now that that's serious cheese once you really start playing that game why is it an artist don't want to put money behind their work Well, I think there's different reasons for this. Like, on one hand, and I can understand it. Like, I can understand if you're an artist, you, and and you have a project that's ready to drop, that means that you already spent this much work, this much time and energy and also money on putting this together. Like, you spent all this time, you spent money going to the studio, mixing, mastering, Maybe you spent money on beats. A lot of people don't, but maybe you did. Um, But yeah, so you already invested so much to where you feel like, I just want people to buy this now. I don't want to invest more, which, you know, it doesn't really make sense when you really think about it, because if you've already invested so much, why not invest in in promotion marketing to actually get your shit heard that you just spend so much time on. Um, But I do get that it must be frustrating as an artist in an industry where it's very hard to make money with your music as far as selling music, you know, that's very hard nowadays. Um, So I do, I, I get it, you know, um, but that's probably one of the one of the main reasons. And then another thing is that 
over the past few years, like I remember when I first started doing this seven years ago, there were hardly any online promotion agencies. There were very, very, very few. But nowadays, there are so many, and there are a lot of scam artists amongst them. So we do tend to get a bad rep. And if somebody hasn't heard from me through somebody else, you know, through a recommendation or anything, then, you know, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who assume that this could be a scam as well. And then especially because I don't have crazy high prices, you know, like sometimes when, when, when there, something is affordable, people assume that the quality isn't that good. Because they don't know the backstory. Um, so I think some people are just, you know, are scared to get scammed, are scared to spend money on something and then get nothing in return, which is also understandable. Um, yeah. And then some people just don't have money. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. But, you know, um, I'll say this, like the people I've come across, and I know you've come across them too, they're just fucking cheap. Uh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Let's just call it out for what I mean, because, you know, as a, you know, now I'm going into content producer. I, I got to grasp my head around that. But anyway, <laughs> as one who does this, I understand everything that you just said. But even I understand, because I always, you know, ask people this. What's the difference between you, McDonald's, you and Apple, IBM, <clears throat> Sean John? Okay, your business and these businesses yeah. do advertise. Yeah. And advertising dollars are very expensive, but also too very important. And, you know, um, I know a lot of people who drop albums because we know like just in the time that, you know, we've been talking that there's probably been 100,000 albums that just dropped on the Internet. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So how are you going to differentiate between you and everybody else? Yeah. You know, exactly. you have to aver advertising is key, you know, um, and also to not just advertising because, you know, people get um, advertising and marketing confused. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, um, yeah. Elaborate. What is <clears throat> what is the difference between advertising and marketing? Well, um, hmm, how can I put this in? The easiest terms. The advertisement part of it is really for your hmm, for your music to be seen out there. Well, that sounds wrong. <laughs> it's just hard to put this in terms that will, you know, translate to everyone. Just say how it is, you know. Okay, we got Google, so if they get confused, they can type it in Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, so marketing is more about you coming up with a strategy of who are you marketing your product to? You know, which markets are you trying to hit? You know, marketing market. Um, that says it right there. Um and advertising is the action of promoting your music out there. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Cool. No, I'm with you. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's, I, I think that's the easiest I could put it in. I mean, you, you know, uh, the audience of real rap isn't that stupid. So. Well, no, I'm not assuming <laughs> it's stupid, but, you know, this is like, if you're not in this business and you don't do this kind of work, then this might just be foreign, you know? But you know what? But, you know, as I said, you know, business is business. I mean, we may sling different types of uh, product, but at the end of the day, we're yeah. slinging a product. Um, you know, you want to target market like, you know, who is your music for? Yeah, exactly. You know, so thus you want to advertise to them. You yeah. Know, you know, the look. Um because I know you come across this, and you know um, I do talk to people about this. When an artist is putting together, okay, they just recorded everything and great. Okay, they're the greatest rapper ever since ever. Of course, of course. And they got the hottest <laughs> album since uh, you know you know Jesus and the Twelve Disciples dropped. Okay. <laughs> now they have this product. Now how their look? Because I've seen a lot of artists fail on this one they would you know as you said they put all this time and energy into creating the product but then they don't have a look yeah i mean that's the thing like you need a a full package and that's what a lot of people fail to realize like you need the full package you need you know you need to have your pictures straight you need to have dope artwork you need to have high quality videos it's just you need a full package that will you know work with the audience you're trying to get your music to mm. so let me ask you this so should in the process of creating the album okay should an artist Take uh, instead of worrying about dropping it, okay, they just recorded yesterday and they're trying to drop it, you know, by Friday. Okay, instead of you know, nope. just worrying about just getting it out there, take more time to put together uh, the complete package. Maybe take a full year to really create the album, the look, the marketing, really craft a plan. Oh, yes, please, please. <laughs> The, the thing is this, like, um, you know, you can record an album and drop it tomorrow, and that's fine. At the end of the day, nobody's going to hear it. Your homies might hear it. Maybe they're going to share it with their homies, but that's about everyone who's going to hear that. And then what good does that do for this music you just recorded? Nothing. So take your time. Like, the thing is with the, you know, promotion should have at least three months leadway, you know, um, with smaller projects like an EP or something, two months are okay too, but you know, a full project should have at least three months. So, um, you should always keep that in mind. And especially if you don't have all your shit together, like, you know, your pictures and your artwork and everything, just take your time. Like if you make great music that you don't um, try to make sound like whatever the latest trend is, 
if you make timeless music, then it doesn't matter if you wait another year to drop it, you know? Um, as they say, good things take time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> no, because, you know, uh, these concepts, um, uh, I know, like, in season one of Real Rap, I've, but then again, I barely remember what I say when I turn the mic on. I just turn the mic on and go. <laughs> but I, I've mentioned, you know, things of this nature. And, and most importantly, because I do talk to a lot of people, you know, offline, and I try to tell them this, you know, you have to plot and plan and strategize. And I, and, and to a certain degree, I understand because, like, a lot of people do not have teams around them. It's just pretty much them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they don't know better. Yeah. That, too. Um, because, like, assembling the team. Because even uh, with what I do, um, just starting to get it. Because Real Rat won't have, like, video commentary. And mm -hmm. um, I hate the camera. <laughs> but I keep having people telling me, oh, dog, you got to put this on video, yo. You got you really do. <laughs> And trust, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but the people around me, I do trust their opinions. And when they do tell me certain things, I get it. So, you know, now I've added that. But I understand as an artist, okay. And we've all come across the artist that does his own, their own beats, their own rhymes. They're recording. They're learning how to master. They do too much on their own. So thus, when it comes to like that next level, they do fall short because in many ways they're tired. Yeah. You know, so how does one put together the team to really coordinate what the artist is uh, trying to accomplish? Well, I think, um, you know, I think you start with the essentials. Um, you know, management is great to have. But with choosing a manager, like that's really the, the bare minimum that an artist should have as a manager. Yet at the same time, if you have nothing to manage, don't get a manager. You know, it only makes sense to get a manager if you are getting bookings. You know, if people are hitting you up for shows. If you have music that's out there, um, you know, that's being circulated. If you actually have business that a manager needs to take care of and in choosing a manager, you know, it's just, it's very important that you don't just, you know, grab your friend and say, well, you're my manager now. No, like look for somebody who one knows the business Two, It's, it's a big plus if they have a lot of contacts in the business. And three, make sure they are passionate about your music. Because if they don't believe in your music, they're not going to go hard for you. Oh, and also, um, you know, make sure that the compensation is right. What I mean by that is there are management agencies that I've come across who, like, take, like, a retainer fee like a ridiculous retainer fee every month. It doesn't work like that. Like a, a manager is supposed to get a percentage, um, 10 to 20%, uh, depending on the size of the artist, 
you know, naturally, if you're a very small artist, you don't make a lot of money, you can give your manager 20%, so he at least gets something. Uh, but if you're a big artist, you're not going to give them such a big percentage. Um, at the same time, sometimes people will do a retainer fee for a manager uh, in the beginning because otherwise he doesn't make any money, which isn't fair to a manager because managers do a whole lot of work. Um, but yeah, be very careful in choosing your manager. And that's really, that's the bare minimum. Besides a manager, you know, a booking agent is great, but you're probably not going to get a booking agent until people are seriously interested in booking you. Um, and a promotion, a promotion person, you know, promotion agency, PR rep, uh, that's, you know, that is really essential. So, and, yeah. Oh, not to cut you off. So. All right, now you just named like three things yeah. right there. So let me ask you, how does one select a manager? Because I've seen, you know, management, management, management. I do management. Yeah. You know, you jump online, you Google it, and you just see like yeah. this sea of what the hell is this? Yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, be do your background check. Like see what they've actually done and see where they are in the industry. Like... Even somebody who doesn't have experience can be a great manager if they have the passion, if they have the passion for your music and if they have the drive and if they do know something about business or if they've just been, you know, in the hip hop business for a while. Um, you know, I think it's just really important to fill them out. And also it's important that you have a good vibe with them. Like, if you don't have a good vibe with your management, that sucks. Like, you don't want that. And you want somebody you can trust because you're putting your career in their hands. So make sure they are trustworthy. Make sure they are on the same wavelength. Make sure that the goals are clear from the beginning. You know, that you talk to them and have them tell you where they can take you, what they can do for you. And then you can decide if that's enough or not. You know, I also think it's always good to first set up a trial basis, you know, like a three-month trial management phase where you just feel each other out and just see how it goes and then take it from there and decide if you want to stick with them or not. Mm. So uh, try them out. Kind of like the uh, when you download a uh, program, you know, the 30-day uh, trial. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's what I would recommend, personally. <laughs> so, okay, what are, uh, now, I know, like I said, the last video you explained it in your own video, but, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to bring this to a different audience, what mm -hmm. are the five things that artists do wrong that they really need to work on specifically um okay are we talking about block submissions or general <laughs> just general oh, right, right now we're gonna go general <laughs> okay um i think to me the number one mistake an artist can do is to not 
look professional in the way they present themselves, whether it be online or offline. Like, because even when you're an artist and you want to just be cool and you just make your music and you're this cool dude and you're cool with everyone and you're just chilling. <laughs> that sounded retarded, but you know what I mean. <laughs> cool and chilling, yeah. <laughs> ice cold, baby, ice cold. He's just, he's just cool. Like, oh, that's my dude. Yeah. yeah, it's just like the coolest dude ever. But <laughs> now, nah, but like, even if like that's who you want to be, like, keep in mind that when you talk to business people, be fucking professional. Like, sometimes people hit me up in a way where I'm just like shaking my head. I'm like, dude, like, I'm a business person. You're coming to me for my business. You're coming to me to spend money. So why not present yourself in a in a professional manner? So that's like the number one thing okay. to me. All right. Now you said that. How is the unprofessional? How do they introduce themselves to you? Ayo, what's good? <laughs> I got this well, blunt, yo. <laughs> well, unfortunately, there's a lot of, especially my emails on Facebook, not so much because on Facebook people see who I am, but in my emails I get a whole lot of bro <laughs> and man. Okay, that's a foul right there. Yeah, it just makes me feel like, damn, like really, like this is how much research you did. Like you don't even know that I'm a woman. <laughs> So yeah, I don't I don't appreciate that very much. And also, I've I've had people like wanting to book my services and then at the same time flirt with me like while they are trying to do business. In the exact same email, they will like flirt with me, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like you wouldn't do that if I was a man. I'm guessing. (laughs) You know, we live in an age where, you know. Yeah. but (laughs) I'm just saying, hey, you know, we never know. Yeah, but, you know, I don't, I even think, you know, if, if uh, a homosexual person was to hit another, you know, if a homosexual man was hitting up another man for business, they wouldn't do that. Just because it seems. The thirst is strong. Uh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> ne- never, 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 Vanya, never <laughs> underestimate the power of the thirst. Uh, this is true. This is true. But as you were saying. Uh, but yeah, so that shit just, no. That's a big, big no, no. Don't do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> So basically, you'll get an uh, email like, uh, Ayo, uh, I need you to hook me up. Yeah, and then there will be a whole lot of typos. Like, I'm, It's like a pet peeve of mine when people can't spell or use bad grammar. Mm-hmm. And this is my, you know, second language. This isn't even my, you know, this is not my, na- my native language. But if I can spell better than you, then it just arcs me a little, you know. <laughs> 
Well, the American so, school system are you know isn't teaching us anything anymore. So you know, I know I yeah, know. we're becoming brutes. So you know. Yeah, I know, but still, at least just use spell check. You know, it's the internet. Like you have all these uh, wonderful things right at your fingertips. Just use a spell check, and then you know, and that's fine. Like I'll look past the the grammar, but at least use a spell check. So they're like, Ayo, I need you to hook me up. Uh, I got this dope album, yo. Like, it's like the the dopest album you've ever heard. You want to promote this. You want to promote this. Are, aren't they bold? <laughs> like, you have no idea how many dopest songs ever i've had in my inbox like like my inbox is just like a treasure of the best music ever made in the world (laughs) it's so dope you pushing keys oh hell yeah (laughs) by the pound (laughs) okay that's number one what what what's number two on the list that you know um okay let me think number two um this is specific but this is one of the worst things you can do if you send an email submission and you don't use blind copy and you have 500 different email addresses in there that every one of the recipients can see. Mm-hmm. That's like the worst. That's an immediate block to a lot of people. Not me, like I'll look past it because I'm a nice person. But there are a whole lot of blocks that will be like, fuck you, I'm never going to open an email from you again. So just don't do that. BCC is your friend. Um, I don't even know what that is. I'm showing my ignorance right now. (laughs) That's when you, okay, I'll explain it because some people might really not know. That's, um, so when you write an email, you know, first you put in one recipient, but then if you want to send it to a bunch of people, you can either CC them like it will say CC, that means you can add a bunch of other recipients, but they will they will be able to view the other recipients. Mm-hmm. But if you put the addresses in the BCC a box, then that's the blind copy. So the recipients will not be able to see the other recipients. Now. Thank you for explaining. I never even knew that. You're I just, I, I just throw it like <laughs> here, you know. The the most recipients I'll do in an email is maybe five, and <laughs> all five people know each other. They are aware, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. They are okay with it. <laughs> okay, so don't spam your. <laughs> so don't create spam. Pretty much is what you're saying. Well, no, because that's not really the issue. The issue is that we as bloggers 
we just don't want to end up on terrible mailing lists, mm -hmm. right? Like, because there are a lot of terrible mailing lists. So if you have this one artist who sends out his email submission to 500 email addresses at the same time without using blind copy, that means that any one of those 500 people can just copy all of those email addresses and add those to his mailing list. And that kind of sucks, you know? And at this, huh? No, 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 that's great. Like, yeah, okay. Woo. Yeah, and at the same time, um, you know, if one person replies to the email and hits reply all, everybody else gets the reply and it's like it never like i've had some emails where it will just go on and on and on and on because people keep replying to the shit i'm just over here like i got work to do i ain't got time for this <laughs> yeah so just just please it's just not a good look it looks unprofessional you know since we you know we can go back to looking professional that one does not look professional. <laughs> so basically the five things that um, artists need to do is one, be professional, two, be professional, three, you uh, use the BCC thing. Yes. Because I didn't even know that. So so thank you on that. Now I know. Welcome. Okay. Yeah. Uh, four, be professional and five, be professional. Yes. That's pretty much, that sums it up. <laughs> So let me ask you this, you know, as we close out um, this episode, now, you know, yes. I would like to seriously thank you uh, for A, coming on the show. You're welcome. Uh, uh, the final question is this. What services do you provide? I provide many different services, um, mainly of the promotional kind. Um, the main thing I do is email blasts um, where I use BCC. 100% of the time. So, uh, basically, if you are an artist and you have a new release coming up, hit me up and ask me what I can do for you, and I will gladly tell you that I can take care of all your online promotional needs. I do email blasts, I do social media promotion, I do banner advertisement on my blog, um, I do consultations, so if you have no idea how the shit works, I will help you out, no problem. Um, I do video promotions. Um, I even offer a street team promotion in several different cities across the globe. And uh, those are the most important ones that I offer. <laughs> And also, too, you do offer um, uploads to uh, Spotify and all those other places. I do, yes. Yes. Because yeah, yes. I know that's a pain in itself right there. Um, it, it can be. I'm talking about for me, you know, me doing it. Like, oh, do I have to? <laughs> like, oh, like, oh. I'm just trying to make a beat, yo. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. It, it does get kind of annoying, I'm sure. <laughs> oh yeah you know just 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 as an artist um yeah 
like you know e even i do believe like there comes a time where you need to outsource certain things you know because you know as a business if we look at multinational corporations um the only difference between us and them is they're multinational and you're just you know multi corner but yet yeah. there's certain principles that um still apply and you know there there comes a time as an artist where you need to alleviate some of the workload oh yeah definitely and with your service you know you alleviate a lot of the, and you know you know you know i am a client <laughs> okay plug time again i'm a client <laughs> i have used it i would not have her on the show right now you know if it wasn't legit it you know if i didn't see any um results yeah results i've i've seen results it works you know so what what's the uh what's your website and where can people find you on the intro net um the website is i still love her .de. yes that's based on the common song um pretty much that's the name you can find me under everywhere facebook um it's facebook.com slash i still love her my Twitter is at I still love her. My Instagram is I still love her dot de uh, dot spelled out. Um, my email is you still love her at gmail.com. Um, I think that's pretty much it. That's the important ones. So uh, come and find me. I'm always open. To talking professional business <laughs> with people. Yeah, stress that again. Professional, not ao, <laughs> ao. Like yo, this album is hot, son. Okay, this is the hottest thing you ever. This is so hot, it's hotter than the sun, yo. Okay, and by the way, you're cute. What's up? That's a no no. That's a no no, gentlemen. That's a no no. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed it out again. That's, Very that's, glad. That, that's a no-no. So, you know. <laughs> Vanya, I would seriously love, you know, to thank you um, for appearing <laughs> on the show. And trust me, you'll be back on. Yeah, cause, uh, you well, know, gladly. You know, this, it was my pleasure. Th this is the train wreck that is real rap. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. That's cool. <laughs> I'm Vanya, and this is Real Rap. Everything said in this podcast lecture series is that of Vanya and Dan's status. Alright? Now see, now y'all heard this one. Okay? So save up your money. Okay? And promote your music so that the world can listen to you besides your little Facebook friends. Alright? Also, too, I am a client, so I wouldn't have her on the show if it didn't work for me. Because that's how some of y'all know about Real Rap, right? <laughs> so as we roll out, thank you, Vanya. Thank you, the listener, always. And this one right here, as we roll out the instrumental, buys an hour, walk along the old streets. From the album, Synoptic International, volume 16, your dopeness. Yeah. Peace to DJ Hellblazer. Peace to you. Check me out on YouTube. Version of Road Rap the Commentary drops every other Wednesday. Smoke something, drink something, poke something, whatever something you're into. 
Status. This is real rap, baby. 